Hey everyone, it's those good old-fashioned values, and once again, we are talking about uh, the slow and painful decline of what was once a great show, American Dad. We are in the back half of now fucking season 17 of this show, and um, look- I mean- (laughs) You you all don't need us to tell you that it's not very good. No, it's- uh, I, uh, I I will say, considering that we've only technically been watching that be- complaining about this season for a season and a half now, I wouldn't say at least the decline wasn't that slow. It was sharp, sudden, but yeah. at least you know yeah. over with quickly. Um, yeah. Unless uh, the thing goes on for another you know twenty years, like <laughs> which please Seth NBC with your NBC he, deal, he, just kill all the shows. Obviously wants to. It's so insane that they're keep they keep making him do these. Is okay with like how crazy Family Guy has gotten, and this season kind of has a similar energy to Modern Family Guy of just fuck it. Is yeah. is he actually like? He and the writers trying to see how far they can go before they just get canceled or all fired from the no, show. No, no, because it's not interesting. If yeah, they were, that's if they true. Were doing, if they were taking interesting swings, I would maybe think that's the case. This really feels like they're going through autopilot because they all have better shit to do. Yeah, like yeah, like late Family Guy. It do, like there is sort of a perverse fascination there where it does feel like they're just trying to get the show canceled. Like there's plenty of bits in later Family Guy where it's it's unwatchable, but it does feel like they're just like all right, let's see what we can get away with. Let's see, like, let's have Mila Kunis just plug uh, bad moms in the middle of an episode and just see if that works. Um, I, I will at least, at least give, uh, as far as, as this season half, it had some real low lows, but I would say maybe, like, maybe I'm just misremembering the first half of this season. I would say this half is slightly better. I feel like there were a couple more episodes where uh, I was like, okay, it's not as good as the gold gaze, but um, as the old days, but there is some gold gaze. Like, I kinda... The gold gaze. It's not as good as the gold gaze. Andy. I was, I was, but I, oh my I god, was, uh, Andy's waiting into gold star discourse. <laughs> I was slipping in between golden age and old days, and I couldn't fucking pick. Andy, um, uh, Andy, where do you think the line is between lesbians who are gold star and not? <laughs> I fucking know. Ask ten. Ask Spencer. He's basically one. Uh, uh, what? Um. Oh. Ooh. Uh. So. Okay. This show's so fucking dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do we have anything better to do on this show? Like, no. Really. <laughs> no. It's okay. Look. Uh. Here, here's here's the thing. It this. That's just that's just all I'm gonna be doing for the rest. You guys can talk about the show. I'm just gonna be going. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Uh, this, this half season is bad. And I think that over the, over the past couple episodes, we've like pretty much outlined everything wrong with it. Um, and so what I, what I propose that for this first half, what we're going to do is we're going to be constructive. We are a teacher grading the showrunners and we are going to offer advice on how they can fucking fix this show and make it better. Because sure, sure. Um, 
I, I think that this show isn't like dead for good. Like it's not like Family Guy where it's just like you just gotta mercy kill it. Like I feel like this show's had enough ups and downs where it really just needs like someone to hit it with a cattle prod and then they'll be back to being good again. But like we talked about, they need to hustle in order to make a good show. And now that they've let like, you know, inertia set in, the show's not very good. Well, the show got a second win when it moved from Fox to TBS. Maybe they need to move to like an even lower rent fucking cable channel. They need to move to Spike TV. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah. Or like, or like one of the like new cable channels that like have like three shows you've never heard of on them. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. They should be what, like an exclusive of one of those streaming services whose whole business model is that they have like two episodes from every television show, like, like Tubi or Sling or whatever. Yeah. You you know, fuck. What was, uh, what was Jeffrey Katzenberg's like fake streaming service? Quibi. Like Quibi. Yeah. A a Seth MacFarlane show would actually be a good fit for Quibi. Yeah. And that actually would work. Like, because it would just be like 10 minutes. Like it would be like five, 10 minutes long and it would just be some like dumb joke. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why they didn't collab there. But um, anyways. Uh, because because Seth MacFarlane, for all his faults, is too good for Quibi. Yeah. And also, I mean, truly, I don't think you could offer Seth anything to be like, hey, do you want to expand the fucking brand of these shows you've been trying to kill for the past 10 years? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So with this in mind, uh, I'm I'm going to start by talking about one. I think one of the biggest problems and I think what they need to do to really start fixing it. They need to relearn how to escalate because so many of these episodes, especially in the B-plots, the premise itself is like the whole episode. Like they just, yeah. they find the premise and then that's the entire joke of the episode. Like the uh, And the premise isn't funny. Ever. Yeah, the premise isn't that good. <laughs> Like, there's the one, uh, the fly fishing episode. Uh, the whole premise is, you know, is that Stan becomes a river guy, and then that's it. All the jokes of the episode, like, every single one is just like, what if Stan was, like, the type of annoying redneck shithead who likes hanging out on the river all day or in a lake all day? Yeah. They don't do anything to it. They don't escalate it at all. They don't, uh, yeah. like, build upon it. Like, I've, I've been watching, I've been rewatching some of the Golden Age, showing it to Esther, and. I was kind of amazed how, like, even in some of the plots that aren't, like, super high concept, they could find ways to, like, escalate stuff further and further and further. Like, um, Escape from Pearl Bailey. That episode is, like, three different episodes jammed into one, and each one raises the stakes more and more. And I, I they, they just don't know how to do that anymore. They just kind of have one idea, and then they just coast off of it for the rest of the episode. Uh, what do you all think about that? Well, I think that's they, they, definitely an accurate assessment. Yeah, and and also, I think another huge weakness is that they're doing the Family Guy thing of, like, getting into, like, the actual meat of the episode through whatever sweaty means they can just, like, throw out there. Like, like it's, like, half the shit in the season, and I feel bad comparing to this, but it feels like, you know... Uh, getting the cat because there's a hole in the house like it you know it's like it, it's all of that shit where it's just like they have like some limpic idea for like a two-minute joke that they're like okay we can we can find a way to link this to like yeah. the meat of the episode we're writing and it, it doesn't work because they ultimately i mean i think okay i love this show but they're not as swaggy as the family guy writers they don't get it they don't get as much goop i'm sorry This might not be that fair of a comparison, but I feel like so many of these episodes of the past season and a half start with characters, like, maybe having, like, a family meeting or a conversation in the kitchen. Mm. And, like, to lame, like, introduce a plot line, then we move on for it. And it's like, 
That's like what Modern Simpsons does of, hey, we need like a thirst act throwaway thing and then we can move on to the real episode. Like, no, no. Commit to the, the whole episode story. Something that I've noticed, and this could also backfire, I think you're kind of going to need to put in a little more time into Roger in the sense of bigger Roger stuff. Because I feel like for the entirety of the TBS era, even when it was good, even when it was good, they deliberately played down Roger. Which I liked, which it worked, but I think making Roger sort of Roger's persona as these big grand episode hogging things again could be a good way to sort of revitalize the show yeah. and give it more at least focus. You know, but I also well, I also think a problem with that though is that it feels like more and more that they're trying to hide Seth because like he yeah they I mean they Stan gets stuff to do and I also think it's because maybe Stan is less taxing a voice on him, but like. You can feel him not wanting to be here. Like you can, yeah. You can feel his his performances have gotten like very fucking muted by this point. And I think it's one of those things where it's like it's a serious question whether or not like they want to put him in like a center stage role because it's just like he wouldn't want to do it. I yeah, I remember hearing anecdotally that Mike Henry did an interview with Seth like during quarantine, and I, I imagine. This this is they were probably recorded the lines like a little bit before uh, the season. So, yeah. Yeah. But anyways, uh, the point is, is that the the anecdotally, apparently Seth during that interview was so stressed out with all of his shows and like all the stuff he's gotten bland that he was just even though Mike Henry is like his oldest friend, he was very clearly checked out. So I think that that's sort of seeping in here. Like, I think he, he is, again, the, the spark and passion isn't there. And I, you know, especially with Stan, Stan really in order for a character, for him to pop, he needs to have that like childlike wonder and that kind of child night, childlike goofiness. And it's uh, not here anymore. And if you remember back in like, um, family guy season 19, they made a joke about it. There's like a joke in one of the episodes where Meg goes, uh, are we doing, what's with all the, what's with the mom plot? Are we giving Seth's voice a rest? And they, they, that might be a bit of a, vi- a behind-the-scenes things of, like, yeah. he doesn't want to voice as much. They don't want to call him in for the studio. Yeah. And obviously, Family Guy, that's a lot harder because he voices more of the main cast than he does even in American Dad, but, you know, still. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like, I also don't know how, like, I, I don't know, how productive it is to, like, be taking guesses at behind-the-scenes stuff, but, like, it, you really do feel that there is, like, a loss of energy, especially from Seth. Like, yeah. whether or not that, whether or not it's, like, real or imagined or whatever, like, a result of the scripts being weaker, but it's, I mean, I can easily see him being, like, listen, just give me, I'll hit my marks, but I don't, I have so much shit going on, please don't make me carry this thing. Yeah. No, that, that totally, I think Andy... Andy is kind of right. Like, if we imagine that Seth's just got, like, unlimited time, I think that bringing Roger more into the forefront might be a good play. I remember complaining a lot about Roger being too much, especially during the late yeah. Fox era. But yeah. I rewatched uh, the one that got away recently, which was the first Roger-centric episode. And that was, like, I think that was sort of the the real moment where the show, like, figured out, like, it had finally figured out, like, okay, yeah. this is what we're going to do. It had been good before it, but that was sort of, like, a breakthrough moment. And I think that... If they go back to something like that, I think they need to rediscover how to use Roger since he is like the most important tool in the show's arsenal. And the fact that they've been kind of underusing him means they have to rely more on like pretty lame, like family based plots. Yeah, I I think you're right about that. And it's 
I mean, it's a shame, and it's one of those things which, like, I think it's such a tragedy that, like, they can't just fucking kill things when they're obviously in pain, like, yeah. shows like this. But, like, it's a lot of, I think, I mean, one, I do think, and we'll get to it in a bit, that the writing just straight up is not very good this season. Yeah. Like, wh- whoever is on the staff, or, or maybe there was too much, like... You know, a lot of stu- stuff felt first drafty. Yeah, or maybe yeah. there was, like, I don't know, a lot of, like, studio intervention or something. I have no idea what went on beyond, like, behind the scenes, but the scripts are noticeably weaker this season, and, like, yeah. even outside of that, it feels like the cast is kind of over it. Because, I mean, and also, they've been doing this for, like, what, 16 years? Like, yeah. It's, yeah. It, I can see them being like, please, God, I just want to do another project. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think that at this show's best, both in the Fox and TBS era, what it could do better than pretty much any show is it could throw left hooks out of nowhere, like in the screenwriting and in the joke yeah. writing. Like the show was consistently so good at just making a left turn or just, you know, hooking right when you expected it to hook left. Like again, all all comedy is based off like misdirection and the unexpected but this show it just like even on like a granular like screenwriting level it could just constantly bounce around and do it it felt like followed those flights of fancy and it could it it could just like it didn't do what you expected it to do and that's why it was both really funny and really fun because you got episodes like you know those really high concept episodes like rapture's delight which were just constantly making moves you didn't expect it to or even just like you know, lower key, just funnier episodes like Bully for Steve, even those which have pretty straightforward sitcom plots about, you know, oh, uh, Stan wants Steve to be tougher. It could still like do all of this just shit you don't expect. Like it has that two minute long joke with the old lady or just has a werewolf in the background stealing kids like <laughs> Like, yeah, that stuff's gone. Like, if they did Bully for Steve now, it would have just ended with Steve and there would have been no Stelio Contos. Steve and it would just end with Steve and Stan fighting while, like, Eye of the Tiger plays. Yeah. So, like, um, in that direction, I think you're right. Because one of the things that I commented on early, earlier when, in an earlier episode for you, which one, uh, is that I, I remember saying that American Dad of the, the three main Seth shows is probably the least sitcom yeah. Part of the reason why, and this this you know might not be the most fair, is the show has become in in its lesser years more sitcommy. I feel like I feel like it, they've sort of embraced that sort of writing and tropes and stuff. Like the next episode is about fucking of the ne- the first episode of the next season is about Jeff getting smart. Like, come on, guys, you're fucking better than this. <sighs> I felt, I feel like they literally already did that. They might have. Yeah. But like every show does an episode where, oh, what if the stupid character was smart? Yeah, they do the flowers for Algernon thing. The, uh, The best, the best example of that is, of course, from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Flowers for Charlie. That's the all, that's the gold standard for dumb guy gets smart episodes but continue i mean and and it's it's just like you know they're just leaning into tropes because that they, they're just tired they're just tired yeah i mean it's we are literally looking at a 15 year old dog in tv form right now yeah that's what yeah, this, this this entire show is that one like mostly blind dog who needs help like you need to hold his hips to pee yeah yeah yeah, his trouble breathing and can't walk without peeing at the same time <laughs> no it's I mean, and ultimately, I think that a lot of this episode, or like that we're recording right now, is there. There's it. It's difficult to like critique comedy in the way where it's like 
especially what we're trying to do now in terms of like giving them advice because a lot of the advice just comes down to write better jokes like come up with newer fresher angles don't rely on like references as much and just like yeah put more creative spirit into it and ultimately that's not really actionable advice if you don't already know how to go i, I will that, say with the know? references thing the references are like the, easily the oh, most God. dire it has ever been in the history of this it's show. it's clo- it's close to like how family guy does yeah it. it's, it's really... like there's a d's nuts joke it's oh god uh, it's a there's fidget spinners there's uh Francine says it me at some point. It's oh god, it's yes. it's really 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 tough, and it's it's worth knowing that the show is better than this. Like Family Guy, Family Guy doing like you know having a character dab like th- that's kind of get like that's that's like getting mad at a golden lab for humping your couch. Like that's just what it does. It, it's like getting mad at your uncle for trying to relate to you. It's like he's trying. His yeah, best. it's like it's just what he does. Like you can't get mad at you can't get mad at him for it. Like you just. It's what it, yeah you can't get mad at uncles for anything yeah. um but this show it's like you guys didn't do this for so long and you finally gave into temptation and it makes it all the worse you are so much better yeah. than this because yeah. we, we 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 talk like like it makes kind of like the times you talked up this this dumb seth mcfarland show of like oh it is so much smart and then oh it's it's not it's not it's yeah it's, it actually isn't so yeah. Here's um here's my piece of actionable advice. I think I think we should all go around and try to offer something that isn't just vague like oh just you got to be more creative. I think that when you write the episodes, you have got to approach it structurally first and then write the jokes. I think you need to I think they need to approach it more like on how can we take this premise and escalate it further and further and like basically write it like, you know, a TV show first. And then once you've got like all those pieces set into place, then you can like start to really like work in like in the margins with uh, the jokes and stuff. And the premises can still be funny themselves. And that'll lend itself to a lot of joke writing. But I think that what they're doing here is that they just come up with it seems like they're just coming up with jokes and then trying to like thread the plots through that especially a lot of the b plots the b plots are just like what if francine and Haley were you know taking down people at subhub i think they need to find ways to like really write it like it's actual tv first and then in the redrafting phase write it as comedy uh my tip for them is that if they are writing an episode and they ever feel the need to put in a joke where like one of the characters says that's the funniest thing i've ever seen you just go back and rewrite the whole episode because it's that's your subconscious telling you that you fuck something up yeah yeah um and they they do that in like like half of the episodes in this back half yeah my suggestion and i don't know how actionable this is but you know if it's clear that like Seth has big stuff to do not do. Obviously, you can't write him off the show, but maybe like try and and play up, you know, side characters you haven't used in a while. Try and like work with what you have instead of trying to yeah. make it like the old days. And I think <laughs> they that- should they should just get another YouTube impressionist to play Stan and Roger. <laughs> God, can you imagine if that like th- all of these shows? I, I can just no, you know what you yeah. you know what I, I could see an animated sitcom doing as a joke for one day. Um, just out of nowhere, you, randomly, you have one of the characters on the show voiced by Microsoft Sam. Like, you just have them voiced by, like, a fake robot voice. And you don't acknowledge it. all of the... Yes! That would be funny. That would actually be really funny. Andy, Andy's like, ooh, you know it'd be very funny if, like, Stan was voiced by freaking Siri. (laughs) Um... Yeah, I, Ale- I think uh, Alexa, Alexa, 
play Stan Smith. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that if... Uh... No, shut the fuck up, Ty. I'm not gonna let you pass. I, God damn. Um, it's so fucking dumb. Holy shit. Ooh, I'm gonna ooh, I'm gonna log on to Google Translate and I'm gonna play a freaking Roger the Alien. Uh, I think that Andy is right that you have to like if if Seth's heart isn't in this, I think that I think you do have to kind of put Roger and Stan more in the background and make this more of like a Francine, Haley, Steve, Jeff show for Klaus. the time being. Klaus, yeah. Just because like that's that's kind of what they've done with like uh side characters, like you know. They uh, have Avery more or less, depending on how engaged to other stuff Patrick Stewart is. And I think you can just do that with Seth. I think that, yeah, he's a main character and you have to have him in every episode. But I think that you can just like keep him in the background um, and keep him just like minimize him so long as Seth is engaged with others. See how how long how effectively you can use the character with as little dialogue as possible. Yeah. And that would also mean there's a lot less plots about Stan learning to love his family because if I have to see one more of those and we'll talk about this in the back half, we have to see one more of those fucking plots, I'm going to fucking kill myself because I the man's learned to love his family like 150 times. Don't need to do it. He's again. just forgetful. Give him a break. I think I, I know the episode. That episode kind of won me over. We'll we'll talk about it. But um, I think that's fair. I, I it would all. You know what else would be something that would do? It would force them to animate more. And look, I know it's a Seth MacFarlane animated series, expecting high budget. But I feel like doing more scenes and stuff that doesn't require characters to just stand around and talk at each other could help the show's pacing and writing. I don't know. It's just me. All right. uh, Shall we move on to the back half? Yeah, I think that was pretty good. Yeah, it's fine. All right. See you in the back half. Everyone is happy in Utopia. From Spain to Japan to Ethiopia. Mertz was a bully who only cared for shoving. But now he's a pacifist all about loving. Now that the world is at peace, I have my own flock of geese. Everyone is happy in Utopia. I used to smoke six times a day, no joking, but in this new world, I get high without talking. Everyone is happy in Utopia, we're all full of hopia. I can fly without my rupia, cause everyone loves Utopia. And we're back. Um, we're starting off with uh, an episode written by Soren Bowie, Ghost Dad. And Ooh. I got a... Spencer, by the way, uh, what was Soren Bowie doing before this? Do you have any insight on that? I do not, actually. Or... I, I don't know. Yeah. I'd have to look it up. Yeah. The name sounds familiar. Um, but uh, no, I, I got to gotta take back some of the bad things I said about him because uh, I didn't mind this episode. I, uh, I didn't mind it at um, all. I didn't hate this one. Uh, I, I thought there were some definitely good bits, but it, I don't know, this felt like a little weird direction to take Jack as a character. I don't know if I, like, it felt like, really? Uh, like, it wasn't necessarily bad, but it felt weird. 
uh, yeah. in, in, a, in a neutral way for me. I, uh, if, I mean, if anything, it kind of felt like they were just trying to get Jack out of the way. Yeah. I don't know why, because it's like you could just easily not mention him. There, there is quite a bit of uh, spring cleaning this season. <laughs> we'll get yeah. to that. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, they did kind of just want to get him out of the way. I think the part of the episode that I actually genuinely liked is the part where Stan is like coping with the death of his dad. It's not new or novel, but it's played like sadly enough that I, I think I kind of liked it. Um, I liked him just being in a shitty teenage band. That was, that was, a yeah, good yeah, joke. exactly. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I did Stan, a... Stan just becoming like a panic at the disco kid is like, I would watch an entire episode just of that, yeah. but it's like, yeah, like sorry hi, for interrupting. Hi, hi. Like it's the mayor Pete dance to high, high hopes, but it's sung by Seth McFarland. Um, mm. yeah, that mm. we're topical on those good old fashioned mm. values. I don't know. Jesus. I was trying to think yeah. of someone. Ooh. Come on. All right. Yo, cut that. Please cut yo. that. He looks like a freaking rat. Did you ever hear about that? <laughs> okay. Do you hear about this? Do you hear about this crazy Amy Qualbacar Qu- lady who ate a freaking salad with like a. Do I need to leave? Whatever? <laughs> yo, Mayor oh Bloomberg is, is rich and evil. Yo, he's. Yo, he's freaking goaded in terms of. On the, on the freaking stuff. Yo, have you heard about Hillary Clinton? Yo, who's this Bernie Sander guy? <laughs> Have you heard about George Bush? <laughs> oh my God, what's this guy's name? This what he's got this guy. What's this freaking guy's name? Barack Obama. This this crazy guy. What is he like? A it's like a Muslim or something. All right, I'm killing this. I'm killing this. Um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, go yeah. Oh my God, I'm Bob sorry. Dole. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> at least someone's having fun on here. Like the fruit whip. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Don't like the <laughs> God damn it, man. All right. Uh, yeah, it, it's just a... Um, just, yeah, it, it's whatever. I, I think I just kind of liked it because it, um, it, it does feel like they killed Jack, but it does feel like they wanted to have the show have like some level of emotional stakes again. And even though I don't think they succeeded, I think I admired the attempt. I also liked the scene where uh, Stan figured out that uh, Jack was possessing Steve. I thought, like, in the car. Oh, yeah, that is that was actually really funny. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, just I don't at, Scott Grimes Say your goodbyes. Oh, goodbye. And then he just shoves him out of the car. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't think Scott Grimes is the most talented voice actor on the show, but I, I did like his performance of, like, Steve as Jack. Yeah. I thought, like, he put just enough of, like, Dean Norris in his voice through it. Like, it, it, he pulled it off. Yeah, yeah, no, I think, I think, uh, I think it was very funny. Also, there's a dumb B plot with with Jeff and Hank. Yeah, this one is so weird because it could be a funny B plot, but like they just, it, it's just such a whimper. Like the the it's when when they go off yeah. the waterfall at the end, I'm like, oh, and then they're just fine. Yeah, they're that's one of the most the transparently lazy things that's ever happened in the show. Yeah, it's just like I don't. Yeah, how do we want to get them alive? I don't know. Yeah. They just show up. Yeah. They're just back or something. I did like I the know. joke of um the the kind of uh, foreshadowing that Haley and Jeff were out of town with like Francine planning the party without or the the funeral without them. I thought that was kind of all right, mm. but yeah, the B plot was very disposable. Yeah, but you know, all things considered, this did have some some pretty good jokes, which is all you can really hope for. Yeah, it's harmless. It, it's it's yeah. perfectly harmless. All right, uh, Ty, why did you want to do Roger needs Dick? That's a good title for an episode. Uh, it's actually, you know what? Actually, that is one of the best jokes they've done in a while. It's, 
I, I mean, I don't know how good it is. I, I think there is a lot of stuff that does not ring super, like, I don't want to say ring true, but there's a lot of stuff in it that does not work, like, particularly well. But I, I like, I always like when they play with the Persona concept. Um, I think that that's where they get a lot of their, like, best high concept stuff in the show is from like kind of like in the same way where it's like and, and they do a good job of like avoiding this when it's not necessary which is what i i do think it's kind of a weakness of this episode is that they dig in a little too much into it but like it, it kind of reminds me of like the whole like calvin and Hobbes, where it's like the little dichotomy between whether or not Hobbes is like a, the stuffed toy or the tiger that they kind of like it let exist on its own yeah. and they, you know they poke at it a bit but they never like it's n- they never want to make a definitive answer yeah. on it. So, like, I think that there is a lot of stuff to talk about this, even as I don't like the way that it handled the personas. Like, at the end, you know, where Roger is, like, clearly dressed up as both personas. And it's like, well, don't... You're you're kind of, like, ruining the magic of the thing. Because the whole... The, like, the whole joke of Roger's personas is that he can change them on a dime. Yeah. And, like, he can he can just become a new person who looks exactly like, like Roger, but who no one recognizes as Roger. Mm just like like that whenever a joke needs it and like so so i i just think this is an interesting i think there is a lot to dig into here whether or not we agree on it being a quality episode yeah i think it's i think it's a good swing it's a nice throwback to like we said when roger was more at the forefront of the show i thought it was just like fine i think i think that a lot of the problem with a lot of the later seasons that even when they go like more higher concept, they're just recycling older higher concept episodes that worked better. Like Yuletide yeah. Repeat, that's like every other Christmas episode they've done. And um, <sighs> uh, what is it? Roger needs Dick. This one is a lot like the one that got away. But yeah, it's 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 fun to see them tinker with that aspect of Roger. I do love the ending where not like the, uh, the two personas, like he's dressed as both at the same time. I, I I like the part when he shoots himself and then uh, they just talk (laughs) to each other. It's like, do you think Roger just planned it like this the entire time? And it's like, yeah. Yeah, probably. He's a weird guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then he shows up as the other persona. Yeah, no. (laughs) Just like from off screen. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I really, I really did like that part. I think, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's anchored to a much... I think the reason why this one doesn't work well, the one that got away does, is that the one that got away is anchored to a really funny plot, which is like... It's got like the Jimmy Stewart stuff. Or this one's anchored to like this just random chick falling in love with like the third most interesting CIA character or whatever. So yeah. it, it, it's 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 like it's kind of wasting its potential on like a very limp dick storyline. But... I, I, I understand why it stood out to you, Ty. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like, I brought it on because I thought it would be a good episode to talk about whether or not I think it was like the best episode of the season yeah. or whatever. I just, I don't know. There's something very, there, there's something very compelling about the whole like reality of Roger, much in the same way that like people have made a lot of hay about the Kelvin and Hobbes thing. You know, yeah. it's like, like the idea of like just trying to imagine what it looks like in that universe and then kind of failing and being like, okay, that's a funny, like, like that's a funny thing to build the reality of this world off of, and then break it. Yeah, you need. I mean, I will yeah. say it is it is kind of a genuine swing for the fences, which is is rare sure. these days. Yeah, more than they normally do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you want to move on to less than they normally do. Um, I mean, do we have anything? Yeah, I guess. Uh, this is gonna be a short ass episode. Yeah, I I don't have anything to add about it. Was um. No. Yeah, the is there was there a B plot this episode? Um, uh, for the Roger Needs Dick, I don't think so. No, that is, and I will. I mean, the B, the B plot, 
the closest thing they had to a B plot was the family members like trying to get along without Roger's personas. Mm. Which that was kind of kind I, of funny. I, yeah, it was. It's one of those things where it's like, and this is a bad habit that this show has, especially like in this period, is like calling back to old personas of Rogers. It's like, hey, remember when we made genuinely like funny jokes? But there's like, a lot of nostalgia. There's a lot of nostalgia. there is. Oh my god! I mean, literally, the three hundred is entirely based around. <sighs> the nostalgia of, hey, remember that one thing that we did that was actually, like, genuinely kind of revelatory for, like, the medium we were working mm. in? Um, but I will say, like, it, they they mind enough out of it. Like, I, I do, I am a big fan of Wheels and the Leg Man, and I, I like that just, like, they failed to get a guy off for murder just because Roger was on a date with Dick, or, like, um, or, or, the, or just that Jeff goes to a horse, like, uh, stable to ride Roger around once a week. It's mm. they they there was <laughs> that is an inspired to, yeah. joke. <laughs> yeah, or or actually, you know what? The more I'm reflecting on the this episode, the more I really liked it. Outside of that one little bit of Roger fighting with himself, or like the whole joke of like Roger's like, yeah, I'm totally fine, and then like all of his different personas, like they they just find ways to say the word dick so that he can start crying. Where it's like. Like, as Raider Dave in the bar, he's like, yeah, Klaus, kick him in the balls. You know, that area right under his d- dick. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, that was genuinely pretty fun. They, they, as much as it's one of those things where I think they are trucking a little bit too much on nostalgia, I think that they build a better episode out of it than most of the other stuff they did in this season. And it, and, and also the, the, just the concept of like, what if one of Roger's personas was like mad at a different one? Like they already did that, but it was fun. It, like it's a good enough concept that I don't mind them revisiting it. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's perfectly fair. So, do you guys uh, remember uh, when we did the two hundred? You know, when we, we talked about it, yeah. we were like, "Oh man, it's it's pretty good," but it like it does feel derivative of stuff like the rapture episode and and things like that i think we owe the 200 an apology yeah the 300 is one of the worst episodes of american dad bar none i fucking hate this episode i didn't hate it i didn't hate it i was pretty indifferent honestly i i think it's good for you (laughs) i love the contempt wow oh my god andy's andy's fucking mad today yeah um 300 yeah it's it's a it's just kind of a nothing of an episode. Well, the the thing about the 300 is that it's kind of like four episodes and one of them is okay. Yeah. That's, I think, the thing. They kept switching it yeah. up and it's not like any of them were particularly good. Yeah. So you have the I intro. Mean, I, li- I, liked, I liked the few. Well, okay. Explain the episode and then. Well, you have the intro, which is, like, the the family feud stuff. And that's, that's like, an okay, like, premise for this show. It's pretty generic, but it's, it's, it's harmless, I guess. Then you get the, the, you cut to the Vatican, where, like, all of the epic cool people that they can think of are, are, are discussing, uh, how to get rid of the golden turd. Which, like, I feel like we have, we, we've we've talked about the golden turd when it first came up, but we didn't like continue it. I definitely liked it, but I think incorporating in the main plot, like like it's clear that this was not like the plan all along, or even at any of the other points, because they were all like completely unrelated. 
So you yeah. have like yeah, it's there's no connection. But I mean, the most connection there is is between the future one and like maybe the first part. But like then there's the whole fucking like quest element in between it that messes up the the rhythm. It it's just it's yeah. it's a mess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and it's just and that's I think other thing that kind of pissed me off is that like. aspects of this episode could work in different episodes all to their own but just combining it in like that just it just felt upsetting it just felt like these don't these desperate aspects don't belong together yeah it really feels like scraps of previous episodes they just kind of jammed together like following up the utopia song with with the roger body hunt and then and then following that up with like more of the golden turd like the the winner fight with the smiths it's like okay you're yeah. trying to make this like a big epic thing but you're not really building to anything or or like you didn't build to it properly it's do you remember that that key and peel sketch with like the gremlins 2 script doctor that kind no. of feels uh, like oh, fuck it's very funny uh you should go watch that that Kim Peel was such a good show, but we—it's sh- it, um—it's it kind of reminds me of that where it's like just they're all sitting at the like they brought a script doctor and they're all sitting at the table. It's like what if they had to go on Family Feud? I love it. It's it, you know what if they had to fight each other in the future? You know what? You're crazy, but it's it. You know it's it felt like it felt like what was special about this episode was that everyone in the writers' room got to throw in their own little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's yeah. I definitely see that. Yeah. I also think. And this is such like a nerd thing to complain about, but the show was always really good at when it did callbacks. It like kind of looped continuity. Like there was a there was that previous episode about the Antichrist. It was a Christmas episode, and they had it like link back to Rapture's Delight. But they just kind of don't do that here, since the Golden Turd is in Rapture's Delight, and it's like what saves the world or whatever. So. I don't know. I was kind of hoping they would at least be like, hey, well, whenever we do these high concept episodes, we kind of like we're clever enough to kind of all link them together and give them their own like little mythology like they do with uh, the Santa episodes, too. They don't even do that here. Again, it's not like a huge deal. It's just kind of a nitpick, but it does feel like indicative of how the show is just not really trying that much. There are there there are two things. And also, you know, the Steve Harvey like family feud sketch that was really fucking lame. That felt so lame it, to me. They didn't even like, get a good Steve Harvey impersonator. You have the... No, that's also... You just got a new Cleveland guy who can do, like, 200 voices. Just borrow him from the major leagues. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, the, it's awful. Or Yeah, they didn't... The joke that they had on there... I think it's like it's sub Family Guy. Like Family Guy did a joke. I feel like the Family oh, Guy did yeah, a Family Oh, yeah, yeah, when they were on Family Feud, which was very the, funny. The Red Bull. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking the the Red Bull with like uh, the the other. Thing. No, no, I'm it's, thinking it's like the... just wait, remember when Stewie was on Family Feud and just like you know <laughs> Lois was just like you know. Yeah, Lois. but Lois, I remember yeah, yeah, that yeah. now. That I'll, was really I'll good. I'll put that yeah. in, but that was a great bit. Okay, Lois, fifteen seconds on the clock. Name something you sit in. A chair. My own feces. Name a popular fruit. Orange. Clay Aiken. Something in your closet. Shoes. Scary monsters. Your favorite holiday. Christmas. 9-11. Something you do on the weekends. Go to church. Black guys. Yeah. It's gotten to the point, like, it used to be that American Dad was, like, the show that Family Guy copied notes off of because American Dad was good. Now it's, like, the other way around, which is really depressing. Yeah. I I will say, when they had future Roger doing a flashback to present Roger, I did like that it looked like the old episode. They did a good job with that, at least. Yeah. It was something where it's like, well, you could have just done it in both art styles, but I like that you didn't. You put a little work in, thank you. But it's just... 
I don't know. This episode just felt like the most, like, we are just forcing stuff to force stuff yeah. of anything this whole season. And it's just, it just upset me. It just, I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I, I, and I genuinely did, like, the future part of, like, you know, like, like, if they had, if they built a story around that, I think they maybe could have gotten something good, but ultimately they're just too fucking obsessed with novelty and it weakens the entire show. You know what I do like, my favorite part of the future part was? What? When Stan just comes back out of nowhere and just like runs over fucking Steve or whatever. And like, I don't know, that, that I thought that was cute. Do you mean when uh, Haley yeah. comes out of nowhere and hits Steve? No, like right, like when, when, like, um, well that, that was fine, yes, but also like, like, after Steve kills him, or hits him with the, the the nine iron, like, you think he's, like, out of the episode. Uh, and then, and I don't know, I, I'm just, I'm just grasping at straws here. That's, that's all I'm doing. Do you think, because the ending kind of, like, it was a throwaway. Was that a, hey, we could do a golden, tur- another golden turd episode, but we're probably not, or a, no, look forward to the next golden turd thing, or whatever. I hope it was the former rather Yeah, than I hope latter. so, too. I'm done with this plot man like can't they just have mind quad come back like yeah, mind quad was funny fuck i t- i take more billy content over more golden turd content it's yeah oh my god yeah no it's uh i'd rather they bring back that koala from the earlier seasons. oh my god <laughs> the yeah, koala with, with swag or... reginald yeah. reginald yeah yeah I, I will say the funny thing about reginald is is that i showed esther just like random selections from various seasons and Reginald just showed up in one of them, and like I kind of had to uh, explain to Esther why there's a jive talking koala in the middle of an episode. <laughs> yeah, no, he would. He, yeah, just turning to Esther and being like, "No, see, actually, the thing about him is that he was a main character for like three seasons." And also, yeah. and also that the jive talking koala switched voice actors. Oh, yeah, God. Yeah, but yeah, one was Andy, one was Spencer. <laughs> yeah. All right, you'll tie repeat. I like you know one. what? I am going to make a bold statement. This was in the top five Christmas episodes they've ever done. Really? Wow, that is bold. Yeah. I think the first half of this episode, uh, I was not a big fan of it. But once it kept going with the time loop yeah. stuff, it won me over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's my takeaway. I, I, yeah, and I, I think maybe even it's less because, like, the episode itself was very high quality that I say that. Like, I do think it suffers from a lot of the weaknesses that this season does, but there is something so potent about and maybe it's just maybe it's just that i love the high concept so much but i was a big fan. maybe it was also that we uh we watched it uh, i don't know if you guys did i watched this right after the 300 so yeah like yeah that yeah, also yeah. helps in this case yeah 100 no it's and whatever i think you could like just put shape like make shapes and colors you know like do the fucking bar static from the tv but if you put a time loop in it i would be into it but it's, yeah. I was, I really, really liked this episode. I like the, and I know Spencer is so sick of like the, oh, you have to love your family stuff. But I really liked the kind of revelation of like, oh no, I need to like spend time with my family. And then <laughs> by doing that, then then releasing child porn of his son accidentally, <laughs> that's what <laughs> saves the day. That was a good bit. I, I, yeah. I bitch and moan about the gotta love your family thing. Yeah. And I, Still think it kind of sucks here, but this was definitely one of the better episodes this season. Um, the it, time loops are just such like a potent concept. Like it's really hard to fuck them up. The fact that it's only five minutes too is actually pretty novel since they're usually one day, which I, I like. I love the guy who just knows about time loops. Like 
Stan is trying to reason with yeah, him. The, the janitor, the, the janitor yeah. guy. Stan's just trying to reason with him. It's like, and he just rejects every reason. Then Stan just says, I'm in a time loop. And he's like, well, why didn't you say so? <laughs> that was really good. Yeah, I liked that guy. Yeah. And they set it up really well where it's like at the beginning of the train, don't even notice, whatever. Okay. It's like you, you think it's going to like a more boring thing of like, oh, Stan's going to re- keep having like bad things happen to him, but then his family's going to have a really good time with Adam or something. I don't know. And he's going to learn about it. But like, like having him be like the, the start of the time loop, that's like a really clever thing. Mm. I didn't, so I yeah. didn't get that. Th- where, where did the fortune cookie come from? Uh, I th- I think Jeff just got Chinese. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's, yeah. I thought I thought I just missed something, and it's like, oh no, we real we find out the origin of the fortune cookie. I'm like, I completely fucking did not. Yeah. That. No, the, the 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 fortune cookie was just a magical MacGuffin because that's how fortune cookies work. Mm. Um. Yeah. Okay. I I yeah I I think that time loops are basically just a cheat code to make something entertaining. Like. No, it's so fun. It's the it's oh my god! It's such a fucking fun concept. And and the fact that it's only like I also it's only five minutes. I really like the perfect run stuff of like yeah seeing that like it's like optimized like that's really clever. Yeah, the electric guitar version of uh the christmas song it's it's such just like a reddit thing to do to just like is like we did an epic electric guitar cover of jingle bells or whatever but it does work in this context really well and it was kind of cool yeah yeah you know it's good you know we we bitched about uh, a lot of season 17 in in two halves now but it's at least good to say that it it did go out on a high note yeah it's fun. It's a fun episode. Uh, I didn't love it as much as you two. I I was just like, yeah, it's fine. But uh, it it's definitely really fun. Yeah. I liked it. And if the show maintained a baseline of quality that was Yuletide repeat, I'd be a lot higher on the season. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I can agree yeah, with that. I'm also going to say like the dirty little secret of the thing, which is that a lot of, I think, our enjoyment of the Christmas episodes comes first and foremost from the high, con- how much we like the high concept and then trying to justify off of that. Yeah. And like this, high, this yeah. is one of the better high concepts. It's like maybe Rapture's Delight, obviously, then maybe the one with uh, Phoebe from Friends as the Ghost of Christmas Past, and then what? Maybe the maybe the Gilgamesh one. And I don't like the, a lot of the high concepts are not like as strong as I think we remember in those Christmas episodes. And this one, I don't is know. Really, you you, really you still got stuff like I like the the Western episode. Uh, you've got, uh, I liked, um, Hurricane. Well, I'm, t- I'm talking, liked, I'm talking uh, strictly about the Christmas episodes, but yeah, they have a lot of Okay, the Christmas. Shit, I, yeah, yeah. I would say, yeah, this yeah. is, honestly, this is like third for me. Like, yeah. yeah, you got the, the one where Stan dies and goes to heaven. That one's all right. You got the, you got the first one where they have to, they have to kill Ronald. Yeah. <laughs> to assassinate Ronald Reagan. That's a good joke. Uh, you have like other stuff, but outside, like, honestly, I think only Rapture's Delight, the Krampus one, and maybe the oh, Antichrist one the are above one. this. Yeah. yeah. The Antichrist yeah. one was, um, God, there were so many good Christmas episodes in the show. But this is still, I would say, one of the better ones. And it's, it's also weird because they haven't done a Christmas episode in like a while. So, you know, it's good. Yeah. It's good that they brought it back. On I'm imagining uh, Ty stuck in a time loop. Uh, where the day is, she has to record an episode of the show, but it's one of the like middle seasons of Family Guy, so we have yeah. nothing to talk about. And so, and like, just trying to come up with the one perfect riff that'll bring yeah. us out of the loop. Yeah, and by like the five hundredth day, you just hop on the mic and you just start like just yelling our addresses, and it's like, Ty, what's yeah, going on? Yeah, I just, I just. For like, yeah, just one of the loops. I for the entire episode, I just stick the entire microphone in my mouth for an hour. Yeah, <laughs> you just drive to one of our houses. <laughs> yeah, 
I like I'm like recording in a car that I stole from a lot, and I'm just getting into car accidents through the whole thing. <laughs> No, here's a time loop for you. Instead of recording, it's an editing session, and you have to perfectly get all of my chair noises out. Oh. Or else... <laughs> I would be stuck in that for, like Groundhog Day, a million years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I would be I would be Bill Murray at the end of that, where I've met, like, somehow in the middle of editing, I've mastered ice sculptures and fucking, like, calligraphy, and I've learned Latin and German and Arabic and Aramaic and, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I tie just there'd be like a run of the time loop where just for like months straight you're just killing yourself on air. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about during the editing session, which I would also do. Yeah, you just upload a <laughs> video like, of yourself like killing year, yourself yeah, on Twitter like year, every time. By like year five hundred of editing out Andy's chair noises, it would just be one of those things where it's like I wake up at nine a.m. on like every other day and just immediately stick a knife through my skull. Yeah, <laughs> just uh. to feel something. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. being in a time loop would be badass. I would. I would. I think it would rule. I, think I would figure. Kinda... I would. I would figure out how to get out of it really fast. But then I would enjoy yeah. my time in the time loop, learning how yeah. to like, play piano or whatever. Yeah, I would. I in. Ah, uh, but see, then the time loop would get mad yeah. at you. In the time loop, I would get like pussy. Yeah, you could get pussy yeah. from the same girl every night. And that, Whoa. that would be beautiful. Oh man! But hey, you know what? The true lesson I was supposed to learn through the time loop, I can do that already. <laughs> all right being in love <laughs> all right that's gonna uh, do it. that was american dad season 17 <laughs> join us for at least for a couple months next time the final episode normal episode of american dad Ooh, we're oh, finally so done we're, we'll be all we can put up. this oh, dog man. down it's really sad how after we're done with this we're gonna have to take andy to the back of the shed and old yellow <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're gonna have to kill and, him. and force me to watch the Cleveland show because yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. That's, next that's how we're going. That's the shotgun. It's just season four of the Cleveland. We're show. just like have Andy out in the backyard. He's just got the Cleveland yeah. show playing on a big projector, and we got the shotgun pointed at his head. Yeah, he has rabies, which is just like the beginning of learning how to riff. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I thought the rabies were me singing the theme song. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this has been those good old fashioned values, Spencer, Andy, Ty. Uh, catch you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Seems today that all you see is violence in movies and sex on TV. Where those good old-fashioned values on which we used to rely. Lucky there's a family guy. Lucky there's a man who positively can do all the things that make Laugh and cry He's a family guy Alright Okay, yeah. uh, I think I gotta say, I think this isn't like our strongest, but I do think that structure was a lot better than if we had just gone. We at least bitch had things to say. Yeah, we at least I had things to yeah. say. We didn't stare at each other quietly. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, for whatever the faults are, I think that there was more. I think that was a good idea to like structure it around that idea. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, we're doing Yuletide repeat. We're doing three hundred. We're doing um. Uh, Ghost Dad. I Ghost think? Dad. Yeah. 
Um, and Roger Needs Di- Dick was Ty's episode, I think. Roger um, Needs yeah. Dick? Okay. Yeah, that should work. All right. Okay. All right. 